Grace Chapel podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Before we get started, we want to remind you of the importance of being connected into a local church body. Podcasts are a gift from God, but are meant to be supplemental and not substitute or replace the gathering of the saints in worship in the Word. With that being said, we pray that this teaching would bless you, equip you, and encourage you in your walk with Christ. So, we are in a series, um, spending the month of November, talking about God's purposes for us, and then very specifically talking about by His Spirit, by His presence, how He equips us for His purposes, And so this morning and in the following two weeks, so over the next three Sundays, we're going to be talking specifically about the gifts of the Spirit. And so I want to just encourage you guys along the way, um, man, just be open to what the Lord wants wants to say to you. My heart specifically and our heart as a church is I want everything that God has for me. I don't want to take anything away from what he has for me. I don't want to add things beyond what he has for me, but I want what he has for me. And so I know that the topic of spiritual gifts has been one of much um, disagreement, much controversy at times within the church. And so our heart is that we would be people rooted in the word of God who live empowered by the spirit of God. We're called to be people of word and of spirit. And so that's where we're going. So the other thing I just want to say in advance is that next Sunday and the Sunday after, we will purposely allow some time in the service, in the last 10 or 15 minutes of the service, for question and answer. And so as you're hearing things that are taught, as you're spending time yourself and study in the coming weeks, please be open and willing to, to asking questions um, my dear friend, Pastor Dave Buring is joining us next Sunday. He wrote the book that we've been, many of us have been going through this year, a discipleship journey book. And so he'll be coming and bringing the word next week and kind of being available for question and answer. And then I'll wrap this series up the week after that. All right. So here we go. Um, a couple of things just to encourage you as we talk about this. I want to give you some reminders. You can write this down if you want to remember it. Um, my notes will be available online Monday or Tuesday when we post them on the website so you can get them there. But there are three primary passages that you can dive into um, where we get a really good description in the New Testament of the spiritual gifts. And so those are found in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 gets a lot, gives a lot of description of the gifts, but really chapters 12, 13, and 14 talk about how those gifts work within our gatherings as believers, within our corporate worship. So chapters 12, 13, and 14. And then also Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the gifts and talks about them quite a bit as it relates to um, roles of leadership within the church. So those are three passages I would encourage you to read through and familiarize yourself with. I'm going to touch on each of them this morning briefly. And then ultimately, if we look at the gospels and the book of Acts, we see Jesus and the church just living these out in very real practical ways. So we can see examples of them on display, both in our savior Jesus and within the body. And so those are all places that we can draw from to understand how to to live out of the gifts that God's spirit has given us. So are we ready for this? 
Yes, a few of you are ready for this. All right. Well, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a snippet from each of those passages that I just referenced. So we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're just going to ask the Lord to be our guide here. And so Paul opens up this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, saying, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, and I would say sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Uninformed. That means we need to be well informed about the gifts of the Spirit. That word uninformed, it means unknown or ignorant. So for some of us, as it relates to spiritual gifts, this just might be brand new territory for us. And I know little to nothing about the spiritual gifts. I just feel uninformed. But that word can also mean not to understand them. Not to understand them. So maybe I've I've seen them, I've heard a bit about it, but I don't really have understanding. Listen, there has been a lot of confusion related to the gifts of the Spirit within the church. And so sadly, we, we can either land on a side where we fall into error or abuse or out of concern or fear, we slip into the side of just sort of ignoring them. And that's the interesting thing about this word uninformed. It can not only mean unknown or to not understand, it can actually mean to purposely ignore. Like I've just sort of decided to be closed off to that. And so I know enough about many of you to know, like we, we've come together from a lot of different backgrounds. And there's a lot of different denominations represented with our small church family here. Um, there's folks who've maybe not been, been churched much at all. And so I just want to encourage you, let's, let's just allow the Lord through his living word to teach and guide us on what's true. And if there are things that have been off or in error, let's let him heal and correct those things along the way. I want to be informed. I want to understand and I don't want to ignore what God has for me. And so that's my heart for all of us. So I just want to affirm right from the start that I believe both looking biblically at Jesus at his disciples and at the early church. I believe by looking at the letters that were written to the church and looking historically over the past 2,000 years and within the current witness of the body, like that entire breadth from Jesus to the disciples through the letters that we have in church history, I believe with all my heart, the gifts are for today. I believe that. I have heard people argue that the, that some or all of the gifts are not for today, right? The gifts of the Spirit. What's interesting is I've never heard anyone argue that the fruit of the Spirit is not for today. Like we all agree that we want to see the fruit of God's Spirit in our lives, that we need things like love and joy and peace and patience. Well, if, this, if the Spirit of God is unchanging, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, if his fruits are for all times. Why aren't his gifts for all times? He's, he hasn't changed. He isn't changing. And so his spirit produces fruit and his spirit gives gifts. All right. I believe that. And I want to encourage that within our body. Um, pretty much anytime I talk on this topic, I love to quote um, John Piper here. And I want to read this for you. I, I love his view on this. It's so important for us as the church. He says, when you read the New Testament honestly, you can't help but get the impression of a big difference between a lot of contemporary Christian experience. 
for them, for many of us within the church, the Holy Spirit, or sorry, for them back in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit was a fact of experience. Experience. For many Christians today, it is a fact of doctrine. Listen, what he's saying there, when Paul's saying, I want you not to be uninformed, he's not just talking about having the correct theological head knowledge. He's talking about knowledge in the sense of experience. I want to be rooted in the truth of the word, and I want the word of God to be alive and real in my life. Knowing is about the right information, but it's about tangible experience with the truth. Is this making sense? Y'all with me? You up for this? Yeah? All right, a few of you are. Okay, so here we go. We want to be informed, well-informed. So first of all, point number one this morning, as it relates to the gifts of the Spirit, point number one is we've got to be motivated by love. Not pride, not wanting to have influence or a position with my my prophet sticker badge on my chest so I can feel important within the body. No, we've got to be motivated by love. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses four through seven. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in Certain special Christians, just the really highly qualified ones. No, everyone. And why does he give these varieties of gifts to everyone? Verse seven, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. God wants to empower all of us with his presence, giving us gifts for the common good. This is about love. It's about caring for and loving the body of believers that God cares for and loves. And he wants to distribute gifts to each of us for our benefit. That's what the gifts are for. It's a gift. If God is a good God, a loving God, a merciful God, a God who wants to work powerfully to heal us, to touch our lives, this good God who loves us, he gives good gifts. And before we talk about like the individual gifts, the varieties of gifts that the spirit gives, we've got to understand the primary gift. The primary gift is the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's the ultimate gift. Jesus told us the father gives good gifts to his children. And so he gives the Holy Spirit. The gift is the Holy Spirit. The individual gifts he gives us that flow out of that come from having the ultimate gift of the presence of God in our lives. And so these gifts that God empowers us as he wills that are meant for our common good, how do we use them? We use them in combination with the fruit I think much of the reason why many in the church have been, been kind of ripped off from experiencing in a healthy way the gifts of the Spirit is that the people operating them aren't necessarily operating in the fruit of the Spirit. 
as we grow in relationship with God, we grow in godly character. He produces fruit that is kind and gentle and loving and self-control. We're going to unpack more of this as we go along. But listen, the fruit of the Spirit is meant to operate within the gifts of the Spirit. They go hand in hand. If I'm not walking in love, in gentleness, in self-control, then the very gift the Lord has given might, might harm someone. It might hurt someone. Listen, if, if people aren't experiencing good fruit, they're not going to be open to receiving gifts. Church, if we're hurting one another in how we operate, then it rips us off from experiencing the beautiful gifts that the Lord wants on display. And so that's why love is central. If you read, I mentioned earlier, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Like if you read those three chapters as a whole, Paul is addressing stuff that is out of order within the body of Christ that is out of order in their gatherings when they come together. They're, they're hurting one another as they're gathering together. And so he doesn't tell them, stop using your gifts. He says, use them properly. And what's interesting is the most famous passage in the scripture on God's love is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Where is it placed? Directly between chapters 12 and 14, where God wants us to use the gifts, but in a healthy way. So what is central? Love. Love is central. This means that the gifts are motivated by love for others. And listen, this means that the gifts flow out of a healthy love relationship with him. See, if the ultimate gift is the presence of God, then that means I cultivate a relationship with this God who loves me. And as he begins to grow and refine me and my character, he, I begin to realize more and more, man, not only does he love me, he loves all these other knuckleheads around me. I mean, I'm not difficult to get along with, but all of you are. I'm kidding. That was sarcasm in case you missed it. Listen, it's love that enables all of us to care for one another. And then God's gifts show up so we can love each other well. So it's motivated by love. It's rooted in love. And so, so then how does this happen? Verse 11, all of these gifts are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That means God gives us what we need when we need it. Now there's a lot of confusion about about the gifts and like, well, do I need to find the specific ones I have? And then there's some that I don't have and we overcomplicate this. In the list of the gifts, what we have to understand is the Holy Spirit gives us what we need when we need it. So there are some unique ways where some of us just have certain gifts that are like an area of strength. You know, there might be certain gifts that just seem to operate in my life more regularly and more consistently. And listen, that, that is inherently a good thing that like Chester may have some gifts in his life generally that differ somewhat from the gifts in my life. Why? Because he wants us to operate with this mindset that we need one another. And so it's actually a good thing that there are some differences because it draws us together. We weren't meant to live life isolated on our own. 
we're meant to live in healthy connection with the body. And so it's beneficial that some of us have different gifts. However, that does not mean that I can't experience any of the, any of the other gifts. Like if there may be some that are stronger in me or I see more present in my life, that doesn't mean then, well, I'll never experience that one. Absolutely not. Listen, the Holy Spirit will give us whatever we need when we need it. If I'm in a moment where this thing is needed, he'll grant it. Maybe I feel like, man, I'm intimidated to pray for someone who's sick. And I struggle with even believing, like, is God going to heal them? And like, maybe I don't have enough faith for that. Listen, if your neighbor's sitting there in front of you and they're sick and they're struggling, God cares about them. And he'll give you what you need in that moment to pray for them and believe that he'll touch and heal them. God cares about people and he heals people. It's not about you. It's about him. It's his power. It's him at work in your life. And so I believe that there are areas of of strength that maybe we naturally flow in as God gifts us, but I also believe he'll give us exactly what we need when we need it in the moment. And thirdly, I also believe, as we're going to see, that there's times where we find ourselves in certain positions, certain roles. We're like, hey, I'm helping in this area. I'm serving in this area. And maybe I don't feel naturally gifted in that area. I believe the Holy Spirit will empower us to give us gifts we need in that moment. Anybody ever been put in a position where you felt a little over your head? Yeah. I hope this doesn't scare you, but uh, as your pastor, I can tell you, I feel that way all the time. (laughs) And so thank God that he gives me things that I don't have on my own to do what he's called me to do. Is this making sense? Don't get limited into like, well, I got to figure out what my gifts are. Maybe I don't even have any or, you know, maybe I only have these. It's like, no, God loves you and he cares about the people around you. And he will give you what you need when you need it to touch their lives. So point number one, the gifts are motivated by love. Point number two, we are meant to live with purpose. If I don't recognize that I'm needed, if I don't recognize that God wants to move through my life, then I won't expect any gifts to show up. But if I recognize God wants to work in and through me to touch other people, then I can begin to to need his help. And then I can watch him do really cool stuff in my heart and life. So living with purpose. So now we're going to go to Romans 12. Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What's Paul saying here to the Romans? He's saying, listen, the gifts are acts of God's grace. It's not about you. It's not about lifting up yourself. It's not about your pride or your position. That's not what it's about. And so we need humility. This isn't about promoting me. This isn't about promoting my ministry, my agenda. I I realize people say this and they don't necessarily mean anything by it, but it even bothers me a little bit when people are like, I love your church or I appreciate your church. Or it's like, well, it's not my church. First and foremost, it's his church, but also it is our church. 
We are members of the body of Christ. This is not about promoting a person or an individual or an agenda. We lay those down. It's instead recognizing God is going to grace me with his gifts. And so I walk humbly before God and others. And then by faith, I trust that he'll give each of us what's needed. He gives us a measure of faith that God has assigned. Listen, it's so important that we remember this. Gifts are activated by my faith in God, not in my ability to be gifted. Listen, the longer I walk with the Lord, the longer um, I operate even as a pastor. If I'm not careful, I can just kind of slip into like drawing from past experience. Well, I'm, I'm comfortable and I'm familiar and I've learned some things that I can just rest upon some experience I've gotten instead of going, no, Lord, listen, today, this morning, this message today as we're gathered, I need your help right here, right now, uniquely today. And so God, I'm relying upon you, not me, not my ability, not my power. God, you, your presence and your activity. I need you. And so my faith is in him. I don't want to teach too much on faith this morning, but I'll just say, I think in a lot of church circles, when we talk about faith, we don't even realize that like a lot of times what we're doing is we're talking about having faith in our faith. Like I, I, I need to build up my faith to accomplish things. My faith isn't in my ability. My faith is in him. I'm trusting him. And that he has everything I need. And so therefore, here's what this does. Here's the benefit of recognizing this. When I realize this isn't about my pride or my position, guys, it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off. I'm not called to like perform. It also takes the pressure off from feeling like I need to make it happen. Listen, this isn't reliant upon me. It's me being open to who he is and what he wants to do. And so if I walk humbly and I'm just trusting him, then it deals with my pride. It eliminates pressure. And it frees me from finding my identity in some power or position. My identity is that I'm a son or daughter of the king. That's enough. That's enough. So it frees us from that. So then he, he moves on, verses four through six now. I'm just gonna read the first half of verse six when we get there. Romans 12, four, the first half of verse six. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually, we are members of one another. Isn't that interesting? Like in each instance, in Corinthians, And now in Romans, Paul is making the point of how connected we are with each other, how much we need one another. Verse six, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let's use them. Let's put it into practice. Friends, let's live with purpose. When I realize I am connected with all these other people and I am a vital member of this body, then let's use those gifts. There's a reason that the scripture uses different terminology for the church. And that one of the descriptions is that we're a body because there's all these different parts to a body and we need each part. 
I plan on using this part in about another 20 minutes to eat some food. And other parts of my body are really going to benefit from that. I'm going to receive energy to accomplish some things. Every part of the body works together and is essential. And so let's, let's recognize that we are an essential part of the body of Christ. And God wants to give me gifts that are for me loving others well. Friends, we are different, but we are connected. And we need each other. In fact, we directly affect each other. And so therefore, we all need to be using the gifts God has given us. I remember pretty, pretty early on, um, kind of in my early 20s, I shared this story in Life Group a couple weeks ago, but early on in my 20s, like I was getting invited into some circles with some other believers that I looked up to and admired. And one time I was at this kind of just prayer meeting we were having. And so different people, there's like real freedom for everybody just to kind of pray as they felt led. And I'm nervous because I'm one of the younger guys there and different people are praying. And, you know, it's like people I look up to and admire, right? And so I feel kind of intimidated. Have you ever, have you ever been intimidated to pray in public? Yeah, I felt, felt pretty intimidated. So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I just have this deep sense of like, there's this verse that comes to mind. And then I, I, there's these things that like, this almost prayer forming in my head. And I'm like, oh man. And I was so nervous. I just kind of like pushed it down, you know, like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to pray that. And the next person who started praying, prayed the verse I had in my mind and started praying the prayers I was going to pray. And it taught me two things. The first thing that it taught me is God's going to get it done either way. He was going to accomplish what he was there to accomplish. But it also taught me he wants me to cooperate with him. And he wants to use me. And even in that like intimidated state, even in that immature place in my life, the Lord's going, hey, I want to use you. And it, even though I missed the moment, like I was kind of bummed, like, oh, Lord, I should have listened to you. It was also an encouragement that I had heard rightly. When somebody else is praying, the thing I heard, I'm like, oh, God, that was you. That's pretty cool. Listen, it may not be immediately obvious to us what he's up to, but if we're open to the fact that he wants to use us, there's such a joy in getting to love and serve other parts of the body. It's one of the coolest things when you realize, wow, I got to encourage that person. Like God let me be a part of that. How cool is that? And so friends, I just want to encourage you. Um, it's not about feeling good about ourselves, right? We're motivated by love, point number one. But it also is recognizing we're essential. We're needed. Every member of the body is needed. And so let's, let's be informed about the gifts and let's be open to using them. Let us use them. This, help com this helps combat feelings of worthlessness, complacency, or even being apathetic. Friends, we've got to realize something. For, for many of us within the church in America, because a lot of our gathering is, is like this, like somebody's up front doing some things and many of us are just kind of in service listening, we somehow get the idea that church, like big picture church, that for a lot of us, we're just spectators. That couldn't be further from the truth. We are all active participants. First of all, God wants to do stuff within the service. Last Sunday, we're in worship and it's just like two or three of us just started to get this impression. I think 
God has something for us. And so I came up here after worship and just said, hey, this might be uncomfortable for some of us, but I think somebody has a word. Does somebody have a word? It wasn't, the words were barely out of my mouth. And sweet Liz Shahan's hand went up. She knew. God had laid something on her heart earlier that morning before she even got here. And she was just willing to respond in the moment. So sometimes we'll see some of that on display within our corporate gathering. But friends, churches, when we're hanging out together before service, getting a cup of coffee. It's afterward when we're working alongside one another. It's when we gather in our homes during the week to invest in each other's lives. Like you can operate in the gifts of the spirit when someone comes to mind on a Tuesday afternoon. Act on it. Shoot them a text. Make a phone call. Stop and pray for them in that moment. God wants to move in our midst. And so let's not be spectators. Let's anticipate that God wants to move in our lives and be open to what he may do. And so that, that leads into the third and final point this morning. We're motivated by love. We're called to live with purpose. And so let's be equipped to do the work. And that's what Ephesians is all about. Ephesians chapter four, it, it sits kind of somewhat differently yet within this realm of spiritual gifts because Paul is identifying kind of five key roles within the church body where we are gifted and called, but it's for the entire body. So let's check this out. Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 and 12. And he gave the apostles, that's one of the roles, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastor, that's how we get the word pastors from shepherd, and teachers, Why do we have these five leadership roles? To equip the saints. The five leadership roles aren't the the people who do all the stuff. God equips leaders to help all of us, all of the saints, all the body of Christ, so that we all do the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. See, these five roles for equipping, that word equip, it means to complete. It means to furnish and make fully ready. So it's like, it's not just, hey, the home is built, but now it's sitting there empty. It's like, let's, let's add the stuff that really adds life to the home. Let's pick out the furniture. Let's hang the pictures on the wall. Let's do the things that make the house a home, that invite people in. And so, guys, the Lord will, will move you into places of influence or leadership to help encourage the body, but all of us are being equipped for the work. That list there, the work of the ministry, that word ministry, it's, it's where we also get the word servant or serving in the New Testament. It's also where we get the word deacon. It's people who serve the needs of the church and the surrounding community. And so we are all being called into the work of the ministry. We're all called to help build and grow the body of Christ. Friends, we all have an important role to fulfill. And my hope over these next few weeks as we're exploring the gifts of the spirit is that we would be open to how the Lord wants to equip us. That I wouldn't be uninformed but that I would be motivated by love, that I would recognize that I I play a crucial role within the body of Christ. He has purposes for me. And so I'd be willing to step into that and do the work that he will gift me to do.
by his grace, he'll give me what I need. Greg, he gives you what you need. Melissa, he gives you what you need so we can all mutually love one another, that the body of Christ would be built up and that it would be a place where not only are we growing, but listen, I love, I love this imagery of architecture, a home being built, a place where people feel welcome because you know what? The world, the people in the world, they need a place where they can be loved and ministered to. People need a touch of God's grace. They need to see people walking in love, in joy, in peace. They need that. They need the gifts of the spirit operating through the church. Listen, for some people, there are very real obstacles that even keep them from coming to Christ. And those are the very same obstacles that the Lord wants to like tear down so they can experience his love. So they can be invited into right relationship with him. So church, we got to step into this stuff. So I would encourage you to do that. So in conclusion, all right, in conclusion, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to just give you some ways you can be equipped. And um, I've printed this. This will be this last page. It's in my notes and it just says personal study and reflection. I just want to give you all some stuff that you can be working on on your own in the coming weeks. All right. So the first thing that you can do is you can read through these passages I just mentioned. You can read through Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 and Ephesians 4. When you're reading through Romans 12, recognize that Paul's main point of emphasis is unity within the body. And so how, how are we united together to work out these gifts? And he, he really gives us framework of how we can have healthy relationship with each other, all right? Then when you're reading through Corinthians 12 through 14, he's very specifically talking about corporate worship gatherings, Sunday morning gatherings, life groups, times when we're gathered with a group of people in church together, in community together, how do we operate in the gifts in those settings? And so read chapters 12 through 14 like that. And then Ephesians 4 is about being equipped, leaders being equipped. And so read it in that context. And then some additional things I want to encourage you with. If you're going through the discipleship journey book with us, within the next three weeks, each gift is listed, it's defined, there's biblical examples given where you can see them on display. There's even warnings of like, here's, here's how this can be missed or misused. I also want to encourage you, if you're more of a listener than a reader, we have reposted a sermon series that we did on the Holy Spirit about three and a half years ago called Abide. And so if you go to the sermons page and look for Abide, when you scroll down through there, the audio and my notes where I unpacked each of these gifts. We spent three weeks on it. And so it's weeks 14, 15, and 16. We went through each and every gift of the spirit. And again, similarly to the book, I just, I defined it and gave examples of how to walk it out. So I'd encourage you guys to marinate in that stuff. Let's be filled with the spirit. Let's be open to walking in the gifts of the spirit. And let's watch what happens in our midst as more and more we are open to watching what God wants to do in and through us. Amen? Amen. Man, y'all want that? Kids, y'all did great. That was really good. Yeah, proud of you. Are y'all ready to burn some of that energy now? Yes? Okay, so let me give a few instructions about what we're gonna do next, and then I'm gonna go ahead and pray for lunch kind of right now as we close the service. So here's what we're doing. Um, the cafeteria, if you've never been there, you go out these doors, just go down the end of the hall, and then you'll see it there. 
All the food is going to be in there. And so about 10 to 15 minutes from now, we're going to be ready to serve food. If you brought like a side dish or a dessert to share, when we dismiss in a minute, if you haven't brought them in already, you can go ahead and grab them and take them in there and get them set up. Um, We've got pulled pork. We've got brisket. Um, There's hot dogs on the grill for kids who may not want pulled pork and brisket. Or I guess adults too, but I'm definitely in the brisket zone myself. Um, And then a bunch of just sides you guys have all brought. And so you can go in there for that. And then while we're serving food in there, we've got a team of volunteers that's just going to kind of quickly clean up the chairs and the curtains. We've got two giant inflatables back back there we're going to blow up. And then there's going to be cornhole face painting. We've got a little mini pumpkin patch set up out here. You get to go pick out a pumpkin and then come inside and decorate it. And we're just going to spend a couple hours hanging out together. So I want to encourage you guys just to enjoy this time together. And I'm just going to briefly look at my notes and see if I mentioned everything I was supposed to. Um, oh, and if you, if you participate in the dessert bake-off, okay, we've got some judges that are going to go through and judge the desserts, and then we'll announce the winners. There's first, second, and third prize. And then after we announce the winners, we'll kind of, we'll kind of then open up the dessert table for everybody to eat dessert too. So does that sound good? Amy, does it feel like I covered everything I was supposed to? All right. Awesome. We're very excited. So enjoy this, uh, late morning and early afternoon together. I'm going to go ahead and pray over our food. And then you guys are dismissed to start, start heading towards the cafeteria. All right. So Lord, we love you. Thank you for the gift of your presence in our lives. God, thank you that you love us and you are with us. God, would you continue to equip us as your people to walk in the gifts you have given? Lord, may your fruit be produced in our lives. May your gifts flow through our lives to build up the body of Christ and Lord, ultimately to advance your kingdom right here in Knoxville. God, we love you. Thank you for this time that we get to spend together today. Bless this food. May it be nourished to our bodies. And just thank you for all of the joy and the fun that we can have together as we love on one another this next little bit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.